Hello and welcome to Direct Hit, the cricket podcast. As ever, we're joined by the one, the only, cricket's favourite, James Hollyoak. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you, Josh. How are you doing? Oh, I'm excited. We've got some semi-finals to preview. Conroy, if you believe the tabloid papers, he could be Brackley's newest recruit. It's Matthew Conroy. How are you getting on, son? Unbelievable amount of tapping up is happening on the WhatsApp group. I, I can't quite believe it. And I'm sure our brood listeners will not appreciate that, Josh. But how are you doing? Brentwood Cricket Club need to accept that they flew too close to the sun. And it was <laughs> um, I think that's important. I'm good. I'm excited. I'm cri- I'll tell you why. Tell me why I'm excited, Conroy. Tell me why I'm excited. Well, it's all turned around, hasn't it? England are in the semi-finals and we've got the old enemy, Australia. That's just fantastic news, isn't it, from where we were 10 days ago where Jim was pretty much the only person in England who thought we were going to get through. I was pretty depressed about it all. You were pretty I'm happy. I'm a famously positive kind of guy. I'm always positive. <laughs> Whatever people think about me, oh, Jim moans, Jim's negative. Actually, I was a positive one here. You were. Fair play. I was I was less positive when we lost to um, Australia. So yeah, looking forward to that. Are you, Josh? Yeah, I I too was crying into a, to a uh, pint glass. So um, I I'm unbelievably excited. I I yeah, just it is coming home. Uh, Jim, I believe you've got. Uh, you're so excited by the Cricket World Cup and what's happened. You're even going to do the celebratory popping of the champagne when the time comes champagne will be open i need i need you to confirm on this podcast that england did beat new zealand but once you've confirmed that the champagne slash prosecco will be popped open what a feeling what a moment to confirm england batted first scored 305 for eight and new zealand in reply survived for 45 overs scored 186 England are in the Cricket World Cup semi-final. Jim, over to you. Well, obviously, as a cricket pundit, I can't give much to the actual cricket itself. But on the plus side, I have got a bottle of Prosecco if I can learn how to open it. <laughs> One more twist, sports fans. This is a big build-up, isn't it? I feel like... <laughs> uh, You've got a fill for us. You've got a fill for us. Right, here we go, sports fans. Please don't oh, go yeah. on your laptop. Are England in the Cricket World Cup semi-final? Yes, we are. They are. It didn't even flop. Not a great. Underwhelming moment in podcast history. (laughs) I didn't want to be on my work laptop, did I? Obviously, I just wanted that sort of side of properly port. Absolutely, Chris. So, Conroy, talk to us. What we scored three hundred and five for eight. How did we get there? We 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 got to an absolute flyer. Um, Jason Roy, Johnny Bairstow, back at the top of the order, sorting the boys out. Really, weren't they? Johnny Bairstow, another brilliant hundred, hundred and six off ninety nine. Jason Roy again, just run a run a ball sixty, pretty much. That's exactly what it, we needed. And to be honest, when we were about two hundred for two, we were about I think it was. 15, 20 overs to go. I thought England were going to get 350, 317, completely kill off this game. But New Zealand did, to be fair, and they battled really hard and they got back into it. 
and our middle order didn't probably fire ha as they have been doing. And it was a bit disappointing when we got to the half sta halfway stage at 3.05. What did you reckon? Yeah, um, I think we pointed out against India, we were disappointed that Butler came out for five overs or a maximum of five overs, scored 20 off eight. And this time he did get the big promotion, um, but unfortunately couldn't kick on and hit it down. I think mid-off, I think Kane Williamson's throat at mid-off, um, trying to up the ante. And then it just looked like looked like we slowed and actually Morgan held the innings together quite nicely and played quite an important knock and made sure that 200 for two didn't become 250 all out, but made sure we got still an above pass score. And um, it read some interesting things on Crickviz, actually, that the pitch is a lot of the reason why we didn't go on and score 400. It just sort of died. It completely died, went slow, went horrible. Um, and was tricky to bat on. Jim, did you watch any cricket this week? Uh, as a cricket podcast, no, I didn't. No. I, I watched a little bit. I watched highlights back. It's been pretty good, to be fair. That opening partnership for us is absolutely mustard. People, the Indian fans will say, oh, look at us with our opening partnership. Yeah, whatever. Australia, yeah, David Warner, he's pretty good. Aaron Finch, so-so. Mm, but right now, we've got the best opening partnership in the world with Roy and Bear, So, And once again, they just set us off to a flyer. And the rest, for, for pressures off the rest of the batting lineup, we can just bend tee off from there. And I know people say, oh, we didn't kick on to where we could have, but we still got over 350 overs. It's a great effort, really. Comrade, I assume you, like me, will have watched every ball. Yeah, I was locked into this. I was nervous at the start of the game because obviously looking at the table, we had to win this really. Um, I fully expected Pakistan to win their last group game, which you know meant that if England lost this game, we'd be out of the top four. So I was locked into this from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, it was... <laughs> I mean, we... We text the WhatsApp group a lot to start with and then realised Jim was just sort of ignoring us. So we just sort of talked to each other, which is, becomes a common theme when we talk about cricket on the cricket WhatsApp group. Um, but yeah, I think we always thought 300 was enough, bit enough to be nervous. But I think the moment for me the game changed was Mark Wood bowling, Kane Williamson backing up and Mark Wood's fingernail knocking it onto the stumps. And once he was gone, it looked like they were just trying to get a score together rather than chase our score. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think that's spot on, to be honest. Um, there was a bit of a nervous moment when Williamson and Taylor were together. And even though it was still early in the game, you just felt like, how are England going to get, how are England going to break this partnership? How much damage are these two going to do? Um, but yeah, we got really, well, Mark Wood got really fortunate with the run out and as you said, from there, it was a case of New Zealand just basically, you know, batting out the overs and making sure they didn't hurt their net run rate too much. Did you catch any of the second innings, Jim? All right, not really, but this is a really poor score. Let's be honest. 186 in the World Cup, where you're trying to bat for the score, most teams on decent deck can bat to 250. What are they playing at? Get 186 all out? 45 overs. They didn't even bat the overs like they tried to. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think that I think Josh said about the pitch, and the pitch was really poor in the second innings. It really slowed up. 
Um, and it basically meant that they just couldn't take any risks. So they had to just bat for bat for singles and twos. I mean, their boundary count was really low, I think. I'm just looking at the scorecard now, and Latham's the only one who hit more than three boundaries, which kind of tells you everything you need to know about that innings. But, I, I mean, I don't blame New Zealand. If it was the other way around, I'd, I'd want England to do the same thing. They've basically secured their place in the semi-final by getting to 186 and not getting bowled out for 80 off 10 overs. So what do you, what do you reckon, Josh? You say that, Matt, but if Pakistan scored 400 and bowled Bangladesh out for round 15, New Zealand are gone, so... Well, we're, we'll get to that game in a minute, but I can tell you that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly. Spoilers! <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it was, it was a good, solid performance. Again, I think the balance of our side having... Plunker over Ali. Yeah, he just he is, and he did. He scored some useful runs for us, I think, at the end. And it was just, it was what we needed. And he just takes wickets. Oh, pardon me. Um, that'll be burping the lager. Um, yeah, he just he adds a new dimension to our side that I think we were missing without him. Um, so I think now realistically barring injuries this is the team that we will take into the semi-finals and hopefully the final i agree i think a big surprise for us is going into this world cup as per a lot of one day cricket t20 cricket these days spinners play a huge part and england especially if i rashid ali playing every single game in the last few years with root even packing them up as a third spinner yeah, this World Cup, spinners have really struggled. Your mate Glenn Maxwell, yet to take a wicket. Rashid Khan, we all picked in our dream team, has struggled by his standards. None of the spinners have really taken this World Cup by storm. It's been a World Cup for the seamers, which is a bit of against the hornbook, really. Yeah, I think you make a good point there, and I think that is probably why Afghanistan have struggled so much, having some high-class spinners in the side, but no real seam attack. And as Jim will mention every week, absolutely zero batting. Um, they have struggled, but you thought with their spin attack, they'd bowl a few teams out quickly. But you're right, there's not really been anything in it for the spinners at all. All the top wicket takers, uh, your Starks, your Bumras, your Archers, it's all... Mohammed Amir, Jim will be keen to say, all your high pace men are taking the wickets, which traditionally in England, your green seamers would be right, but that hasn't been the way it's been going in England for the last four years, which is why it's been just flat track bullies. England have destroyed everyone. And it's, yeah, it's been back to more uh, stereotypical English pitch. What do you made of that, Conroy? Did that surprise you at all? Yeah, it did. I, I thought, like Jim, that the spinners would have more of an influence. Um, it hasn't been a very much... I think it's a lot to do with the pitches, if I'm honest. I, I don't think they've greatly, you know, spun, especially the, the pitches where um, they've played more than one match on. You'd expect the, the second match on that pitch to be turning, but it hasn't really happened. Jim, what do you want to say? I'm surprised because theoretically, this World Cup, the ICC take control of the grounds and essentially say to the groundsman, this is the track we want. I'm just surprised they've 
decide on the tracks they've ended up with. They've not ended up with the sort of 400 tracks we've seen in England quite often the last few years, which you'd think is good for viewership and the rest of it. But neither is it put together spinning tracks. It's just kind of put together slow, low-scoring tracks, which really isn't what you'd think they'd want from the outset. Wow. The ICC has gone to Cricket India, asked Coley what pitch he feels he'll score the most runs on, and then uh, gone back, uh, <laughs> gone back, and they—that's what they corresponded to the groundsmen. But they'd want a raging turner, surely. They'd want a raging yeah. turner. Three spinners, they play all the spinners perfectly, and they win. And they haven't got that. It doesn't see anyone this piece tracked. It's true, but in your own words, in the preview show, you did say this is an India side with no good spinners. So maybe that's not gone for it. I did say that. They're still spinners, but I did say that. <laughs> They're scared of Rashid. That's what it is. Right. There's been a few games this week, but obviously after the England, New Zealand, they were all pretty much dead ringers. So we're going to get through them quick. Conroy. So I'll start. West Indies, Afghanistan. Um, this week a lot was, it was also the almost the passing of old into new, like the likes of Chris Gale. We assume it'll be his last World Cup. He said it will be, but you never know, he might try and play another one in four years' time. Um, so West Indies scored 311 for six. And Chris Gale scored seven off 18 balls and hit 1-4 and was dismissed. And Afghanistan scored 288 in reply, which is their highest score of the World Cup. A good effort, but not quite close enough. Um, Holder scored 45 for you, Conroy, with 4-6 which I thought was good going. But yeah, um, Rashid won for 52, and they just didn't quite, let them score a few too many and gave it a good going response. Um, Favourite thing, Golbadine Naib, as captain, opened with himself again. Didn't score any <laughs> runs, but he did open with himself. Love that. Conroy, Pakistan, Bangladesh, there was something to play for. I mean, this was all on the line, wasn't it? Massive game. Um, you know, I was locked into this thinking Pakistan going to come out, put 500 on the board. All Bangladesh out for 15 doing the, the semi final job done, but it didn't happen like that. Bangladesh played, uh, Pakistan played a very sensible game, got to 315 for nine. There's some good batting in there. Imam Ohak got 100 off for 100 balls, and then on his 100th ball, he decided to hit his own wicket. Um, he trod on his stumps, which is always entertaining to watch an international cricket player do that. Um, Babar Azam got 96, quality batsman um, in my fantasy team as well. Shakib Al Hassan not for fifty-seven boys. I don't know if you caught that one. Pretty, pretty poor. I don't know. I don't know why he's in your fantasy team where you can have Tami Mikbal who got eight runs off twenty-one balls in response <laughs> with a strike rate of thirty-eight point one. Isn't that the kind of player you want in your team? No. <laughs> um, Bangladesh were poor in response. Shakib was the only one who got fifty. He got sixty. <laughs> I thought it was an all-rounder, though. Not, not great bowling. Anyway. Oh, I think it was still better than telling me that. It's <laughs> a fair point. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I've got to say about this game. Did you, did you Anything to say? Anything to add, Josh? No, that's fair. So we go on to Sri Lanka, India. What a lot of people would describe as one of the worst teams of the tournament versus one of the best. Sri Lanka batted first, 264 for seven. 
that's all I can really say about it. No one really cares about their batsmen or their bank performance. India... He's such an average score. 264. In this day and age, you just, you're rarely going to win a game of cricket if you score 264 first inning. Yeah, and it was a good batting pitch, so who sells you enough. Uh, I mean, India had two hundreds. Both their openers scored hundreds. That's uh, um, Sharma's third in a row. And talking of bats, uh, cricketers leaving the World Cup stage who have been around a long time and got history. Asith Malinga, his probably final spell, 10 overs, one maiden, one for 82. Quality. More wickets in one game than Glenn Maxwell has got in the whole tournament, I might add. And probably more maidens. <laughs> I mean, his nine of his overs went for 82 runs, but over nine and over. Yeah. And India chased this down in under 40 overs, and they still bowled Malinga out. So what does that say for the other bowlers? <laughs> uh, hang on, to be fair, it did go 43.3 overs. Ah, well. That doesn't mean it was competitive, admittedly, but... <laughs> um, Conroy, and actually this game has quite a big impact, and we'll talk about that afterwards, but South Africa, Australia. Yeah, I, I mean, I had South Africa to lose this game. I thought, you know, Australia have something to play for and South Africa don't, so I just fancied Australia to come out and just win this. South Africa put a score on the board and as we've seen in this tournament that's all you need to do a lot of the time get over 300 and it's very hard to chase that down they got to 3-2-5 for 6 um, finally some good form for their batsman Faf Duplessis got 100 Van der Dussen got 95 and that was Quinton de Kock 50 so that was a good first innings for them Glenn Maxwell 10 overs 0 for 57 okay um, under the rate that they went at so in a way good spell yeah, I, I, okay, yeah. You could, that's one way to look at it, I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, Australia, David Warner hit 100, Jim. Did you catch any of that? I absolutely noticed that David Warner did score 100. And I just point out, he scored it more than runnable. For all your driving, oh, you picked a test team. David Warner scored 122 off 117. He was Sorry, not the issue here. They should have built the innings around David Warner. People like Maxwell, Carey, coming in and smashing it. But no, Maxwell failed the shot. When Carey got 85 off 69, the highest <laughs> strike rate. But... What did Glenn Maxwell do? What did Glenn Maxwell do? Is my point. <laughs> Glenn Maxwell 12 off 20. So, so he didn't even uh, that quickly. He just no. wasted time. Stoyness as well, 22 off 34. That, that was the problem, really. The, the middle order. Yeah, but he's didn't... rubbish. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, a big result, really, for England, anyway. Do you want to explain that, Josh? Yeah, so Australia, if they won that game, won the group, and had the, on paper, easiest semi-final tie against New Zealand, which would have been at the Oval? One semi-final at the Oval, one at... No, Manchester, right. Old Trafford. Old Trafford. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is Old Trafford. Um, so... They would have played New Zealand at Old Trafford. However, losing means they've got to go to Fortress Edgbaston to face England, where they have not won since 2001. Um, Great so time. I'll pose the question as England fans. Did we want India at Edgbaston, where we've beaten them in this World Cup? 
or did we want a team we lost to in this World Cup at a venue we've not lost to them in 18 years? Jim, I'll come to you first. Australia or India, who did you want? Australia, all day. You want the Holly Stand tearing into that average middle order of Australia. You want the Holly Stand tearing into Marcus Stoinis. He, oh, he doesn't belong in the international cricket team. You've got him, you've got Glenn Maxwell. Oh, dear. It's just so much garbage in this Australia team. Holly Stand can get after. You've got David Warner, Steve Smith, who are both cheats. It's just, you want to be an edge bastard if you're England. You want to be playing Australia. England are favourites here. I know we lost, but England are favourites. Conroy, what do you make of it? I mean, I think England could be either Australia or India, to be honest. I, I don't think... I think we're the team with momentum at the moment. I mean, Australia losing South Africa, they've just lost all the momentum. So I think that is a good draw for England. I think edge bastard is perfect for us. We, we do well at that stadium. Um, I think, similar to what I've said previously, we've been lucky with the toss in the last two games. We've won the toss back first. If Australia put a score on the board, that could be tricky for England. But I do think we'll win. What about you, Josh? Did you, did you want Australia or India? I genuinely could have made my mind up. I was really torn. I was really, really torn. And so I put it just on one of our lads' WhatsApp groups. And then Dan Sodi, within a flash, replied and went, Mate, we've got Australia at Edgebaston. We win that all day long. Don't worry about it. We're fine. We're in the final. I just felt a bit better about my day. Had a couple of beers and it was it was an absolute golden day. I'm, I'm still out in France living the dream. And by living the dream, I mean absolutely in no way living the dream. So it was a positive evening to just, yeah, chill and... I'm, I feel good. I feel like we're on the upward rise. Who knew how vital of a cog to this side Jason Moy is? Um, he is an incredible cricketer and has showed just how good he is and how important to Johnny Bairstow he is, who, worth mentioning, scored back-to-back hundreds and is in my team. Um, which leaves the other semi-final at... India versus New Zealand. So I guess the obvious question is, is there any way New Zealand can beat them? And if so, how? Uh, Jim? Not in the form they've got. New Zealand's form is absolutely dreadful. They've just tailed off. Of, is it the last three matches they've lost, Josh? Yeah. They just, they've got no form. India, we know are a good team. They're solid. India, we'll never, I've said before, India will never chase huge scores, but They'll beat an average team. New Zealand are playing very, very poorly at the moment. So you've got to fancy India for this one. No real choice here. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. I think I, I do think India will win this. I think New Zealand have the best chance they've got is batting first and putting a score on the board and trying to put India under some kind of pressure because we've seen India do bat slowly. Um, so if New Zealand could get to 300 and then if India bat slowly and don't get off to a flyer, then it could get quite nervy for them in a knockout game. Um, but that's, that's the only chance I see them having. What about you, Josh? Um, yeah, I think, I think the only way you beat India is if you pierce their top order. Um, and the only way I see that is a overcast conditions, Trent Bolt swinging at hoops and Matt Henry keeping it 
keeping it tight. I can't see them going with Tim Salvi after the way he went against us. Um, you have to pick Tim Salvi. Pardon? You have to pick him. He's been their main bloke for five, ten years as a seamer. I know, but not in this World Cup. And he played against us and he was garbage. It's like England saying Test match, I'll drop Jimmy Anderson. He's just not going to do it. I don't think it is like that, though, because Jimmy rarely gets smashed around the park. And uh, Lockie Ferguson, I think, will come back in. And I'd be incredibly surprised if it's not for Tim Salvey. Um, Bergson plays, don't get me wrong. Bergson plays. I think Salvey plays as well, and Bolt. I think those three you have to pick. Henry will be dropped, you reckon? Yeah, I'd say so. Go with your big guns. I reckon Henry will play and there'll be no Salvi. I think the only way you get New Zealand win this is Bolt gets Sharma early and then you just got to hope that Raul or Kohli can go and we've seen India from four downwards don't really know they're four downwards. Um, so hopefully they just put Dhoni in at four and he blocks out for 50 overs and they score 112. <laughs> Conroy, what do you reckon to that? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I, I think it'd be a really good game. To be honest, I think Old Trafford is a good venue for that match. I think the atmosphere will be absolutely bouncing, full of um, India fans. It's always, a good, it's always a good stadium for that kind of game. Um, the other thing to consider, actually, with it being in Manchester, is if it's rain-affected. I mean, I lived in Manchester for a year, and it rained pretty much 360 days of that year, that year I lived there. So. That could be another thing to factor in. If it gets a shortened game, then it could benefit New Zealand as well. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, it benefits them for the early wickets, I think. My key question, would you go Saudi or Henry? Oh, sorry. Um, that's a really difficult one. I think I'd probably go Henry because, as you said, he's the man in form rather than Southie isn't quite doing it in this tournament. But it's, a very, it's about a 60-40 decision for me, not, not an obvious one. Yeah, fair. So, where are we all going on this semi-final? Jim, I'll come to you first. Who is the first finalist of the 2019 Cricket World Cup? India. Matt? Yeah, I'd go with India as well. Chumps to me. And... I mean... Everything says India, doesn't it? So, just to play devil's advocate, I'm going to say New Zealand, just so that there's some some fierce fighting we can have um, next time. But yeah, no, I think it would be a massive turn up for the books. So, Martin Gupta will score 100 and lead New Zealand to the Cricket World Cup final. They got there. They got there last time. Got more history in the last four years of making finals in India. So we'll go there. Which brings us to Edgebaston. Australia versus England. And I'll come to you first, Matt. What do England need to do to make the World Cup final for the first time since 1992? It's an incredible start, isn't it, really? I think we need to just keep the momentum that we've got. We need Roy and Bairstow to get us off to an absolute flyer. I hope we bat first and I hope those two just get a, get a partnership on the board early and we put 350 on the board and put Australia under a lot of pressure. Um, I think that's, that's our best chance of winning. If Australia bat first, 
we need to keep them to under 300 and then we can chase that down. That's that's how I see it, to be honest. What do you reckon, um, Jim? Uh, to get to the World Cup final, I think England needs to beat Australia. That is would be useful. Uh, I've got a fanciest. I've got a fanciest here. Here at Edge Preston, it's England's fortress. Australia, I still don't rate them. Yes, they've got David Warner, who's my mate. Mitchell Stark's been quality. Cummins will cause you problems, but you've then got eight average cricketers. And Steve Smith is world-class, don't get me wrong. In certain circumstances, Steve Smith is world-class, but not in a one-day format. So I've got England winning this one. Nice. Glad to hear it. Yeah, I, Conroy, I echo a lot of your points. Our last two wins have been on the back of posting a score. And I still think there's that question mark about us chasing, um, which it's not one I really want to answer in a semi-final or a final, to be honest. Um, but I can't see us winning four tosses on the bounce, so we're gonna have to gonna have to do it at some point. So we know we're good enough chasing. We went into the tournament as a chasing side, um, but. I'd bat first, 100%. Are we all convinced on sticking with the same team, Plunker over Ali? Conroy? Yeah. yeah, 100%. Stick with a winning team, change nothing. Jim? I like the two-spinner format we play, but I think we will stick with the same team. I can't see us changing. Happy days, which brings us to our, uh, our new and enjoyable feature of the of the pod which is me versus Jim on Matt's comedy quiz so Matt what have you got for us this week well I thought after last week's uh display of... yeah <laughs> yeah I think that's a fair point I, I Hang on, didn't I win last week yeah you did and it I nearly I nearly screwed you over didn't I Wait, so didn't. um I won I yeah well done I think we will keep it simple this week so I'm gonna take you back to 2007 so cast your minds back to there. And we're going to talk about England's 2007 World T20 squad. Oh. There's 15 players who are in the squad. And we're going to do the same as last week, I think. You can have three lives. You can. This is quite difficult after you get through the first five names. So uh, we, who did we start with last time? Was it Jim or Josh? I can't remember. I'll let Josh start? go first because I'm a nice bloke. I'll let Josh go first. Go on, Josh. Lead us off. Ian Bell. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally how, that just sums up how bad England were at T20 cricket. Honestly, also. wait till you hear the squad. <laughs> Go on, Jim. Um, Kevin Peterson. KP's there. Yeah, yeah. of course he is. Yeah. Jimmy Andrews? Andrew Flintoff. Yeah, Flintoff's there. Stuart Broad. Yeah, Broad is in. If Broad's in, Anderson must be in. Yeah, Jimmy's in, of course he is. Looks it. Who was our keeper? <laughs> I think I know, but I don't want to sound like an idiot. Go on. Nixon. No. No! Oh! Nah. One life gone each. O.A. Shah? Yeah, great shout. I love O.A. Shah. What an unbelievable shout. Love it. 
I did the once for his best friend. A very weird evening. Anyway, that's the story for another time. For another pod. <laughs> um, oh, 2007. I feel like it's too early for Mr. Morgan. I'll go Dimitri Mascarenas. Oh, what a shout. That he was is... my next go. Oh, unbelievable shout. Yeah, you're spot on. Well done. Ravinda Bavara. I love Ravinda Bavara. Between him and Louis Shaw, two of my favourite two batsmen of the noughties. Bavara's not in. Didn't what? make it. Didn't make the squad. Mental. I've only got one life left. Yeah. Oh, we've three lives now. Josh has uh, lost two. Easy one, but Josh has not mentioned. Uh, it should be easy. Paul Collingwood. Yeah, of course. Captain, I think. Uh, certainly was 2010. I don't know about 2007, but certainly was Looking at the squad, I think, I think he must have been captain. I don't see any other name that kind of <laughs> stands out to me. You don't mean Dimitri captain, do <laughs> I'm going to go with what I think is a fairly safe bet, Luke Wright. Yeah, that's a great shout. I forgot about him, but he was in the, he was in the squad. Oh, this gets difficult. So you've got no Nixon as keeper. Who got as keeper? I think it's too early for Keith Vetter. I'm not going to keep it. too early for Keith Vetter. I thought about it. It was definitely a 2010 World Cup winning team. I thought it was Nixon, that's why I said him. Uh, oh, I don't want to guess Phil Mustard because I could look like an idiot. Matt Pryor by then? Mm. You've said Ian Bell, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. First name on the team sheet, but apparently not. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> not in the squad. Go on, Jim, hurry up. Mal Loy. Mal Loy? No. What? That's outrageous. He's a legend. He's not bad as a Lancashire legend. Why is he not in? Did he even play for England? I don't actually remember yeah, him playing for England. He swept in the one day game for us for a while. He did, did he? definitely. His slog sweep to fast bowlers was one of the best things in cricket. Oh, gorgeous. Oh, I love it. Um, he played seven one day internationals. But anyway. Seven? Okay. No T20s. <laughs> Oh, I'm nervous now. Um, I think it'll be a bit late for Geraint Jones. He was just about... And too early for Pryor, surely. No, I'm going to go Matt Pryor. Yeah. Spire, no! He was in there. He was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. So who was our team? T20 World Cup, you say, 2007? Yeah, I think this is like when T20 was first coming on the scene, wasn't it? So. Yeah, I remember like the, one, one of the first proper T20 games. It wasn't until the 2005 summer when England yeah. played Australia. Yeah. Me and my dad got Sky Sports without telling my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Who <laughs> said, How are you watching the cricket? And we went, Oh, it's just on just normal TV. Channel 4, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we told her. And she went, oh, It says Sky Sports. And we went, Ah. Uh, oh. We've got to have a spinner. We've not got any spinners yet. I hope it's not Ashley Giles. I will, I will <laughs> go mad if it's Ashley Giles. 
Oh, I want to say Michael Yardy, but I don't want to look like a fool. I debated Yardy earlier, but thought he's probably only did the World Cup one. I don't want to go over Morgan because he's probably still playing for Ireland. I don't want to go at Joyce because he might be playing for Ireland. Oh, this is a nightmare. You boxed me into a corner. Steve Harmison. So you saying? Yeah. No, he's not in the squad. No! Get in! Do you want, do you want to hear some names? Go yeah. Some real throwbacks in here. Jeremy Snape. Oh, he's one of the next Lang- Leicestershire legends. Yeah. Vikram Solanke. Solanke? Yeah, Solanke. Chris Schofield. Oh, no one's guessing Schofield. Darryl How Maddie. is he a spinner? Hang on, hang on. Rewind. How is Chris Schofield a spinner at this World Cup? And it makes no sense at all. And um, uh, James Kirtley, Darren Maddy. James who, sorry? James Kirtley. Oh, I was going to go. Kirtley was on my list, actually, of who was coming up. Yeah, he's a good player. Um, did you say Tremlett? Chris Tremlett? No. No? Yeah. That's it, I think. That's the 15. Oh, we got close. I got seven when I did it. So you, you guys did better than I did. Probably we had more lives. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. The gym, unlucky. Um, we'll, we'll, um, what we'll do, we'll get a post semi final quiz, Conroy. You can sort us out a quiz and we'll get a guest on so it can be me versus Jim versus someone. Yeah, Maybe one of your previous teammates from Brewood as your final farewell before you join Brackley. <laughs> um, get one of those on and we'll have a. Good old quiz down. But yeah, no, it's it's an exciting week. We're predicting England v India in the final, I think. No one's gone Australia and only I've gone New Zealand. So we're, yeah. What a week of cricket, boys. Are you buzzing? Absolutely. Can't wait to watch the semi-final. I think we will. I hope we win, <laughs> obviously. Where are you watching, Conroy? So I'm currently in Centre Parks with Lauren and um, we've just got engaged. So I've got to somehow swindle <laughs> to watch this England-Australia game at Centre Parks with my new fiancé. So any suggestions for that, I'd really appreciate, really. Uh, if anyone wants to get in touch on Twitter, that'd be great. And I'll let you know how I get on in the next pod. And you can get involved in Twitter at, at DirectItPod. Uh, one thing I learned worked for me when I had two days where I was home between between two week uh, being abroad was I'm really sorry love I've got to go watch the cricket Old Trafford uh, today but I'm only doing it because I'm going to ask Conroy to be my usher so got to do it so and Keishan Hummus and Keishan Hummus that less of an argument she she went less for the Keishan Hummus, more the wedding angle. But if you can bring wedding into the cricket, oh, yeah. I really think that a feature of our day could be David Warner getting out LBW to plunk it for 31. I mean, that so. would make a, a really solid kind of engagement shot, wouldn't it? If I'm just in front of the screen, like, yes, get in. Like, Lauren can stand behind me with the ring looking bored. Like, that. I think that's a good Facebook post ready to go. That is relationship goals. 
Yeah. Or you claim you're doing your tables on scores in the Cricket World Cup semi-final, so you've got to pay complete attention because you wouldn't want to get it wrong for the big yeah. day. Need the accuracy, really, don't you? So, yeah, that's fine. That is... They don't call you a statistician for nothing. <laughs> there are ways you can do this, and I believe in you. Cheers, man. Uh, Jimbo, are you are you going to watch the World Cup semi-final with England in it in its home country? Probably are. When, when are we playing? What day of the week are we playing? Thursday. No, I've got a job. Of course I'm not watching. I'm Just... like you two, I've actually got a proper job. I'm trying to prop this economy up. So, no, no, I'm probably not going to watch much of it unless it goes late. Mate, I'm in France working. Like, literally doing my job, I'm going to bin off some clients for a little while and just watch all of it. Yeah, but we don't know the cricket either. There'll be a couple of clients who will be interested in the cricket, and I can just use that as an excuse all day. Um, but no, obviously I'm going to sit on my laptop and pretend to do a spreadsheet for eight hours, and they will ask, how'd you get on with that spreadsheet? And I'll go, a bit tougher than I thought, actually. Who'd have thought putting A3 into C3 would take nine hours? <laughs> Here we are. Also, David Warner got out 31. LBW, Liam Plunkett, not relevant to the spreadsheet, but just not <laughs> um, Yeah, I'll absolutely watch it all day. We're in the semi final of the World Cup. What are they going to do? Fire me? If they do, fair. Can't argue with them. <laughs> Um, but I will be watching, like I've watched the last couple of games, and uh, our clients who come in with it come down and ask me for scores because they know if I'm excited about it, I'll go out for drinks with them afterwards and we'll have a great night. And if I'm really sad and the cricket's going badly, I'll be like, nah, it's not even for me, guys. And I'll go, ah, we wish the cricket goes well for England because we want Josh to come out for the night out. Um, and that's a terrible mix of a lot of different accents in there, but the sentiment. But yeah, that's what happens, and that's how I get away with it at work. If England are doing well, they're happy because I'll come out on a work night out with them. Golden. Um, so it'll be a couple of days, and we'll be in our next pod, gentlemen. Um, we have a Tuesday game, and we have a Thursday game. And we will pod on Thursday night. So it could be the most positive or the most negative pod we've ever done. Conroy? Can't wait. Cannot wait. Oh, look, Conroy, question. Let's say worst comes to worst and we lose. Yeah. You've just got engaged. <laughs> yeah. You hide that disappointment on your big engagement time away? It's good. It's a good question. And again, any advice would be appreciated because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. I find it really hard to hide um, my emotions when it comes to cricket. Like like a lot of cricket fans, I think I get way too emotionally invested in it. I, I want England to do well. And when we don't do well, I get normally quite frustrated and a little bit angry so yeah that's not a good couple of emotions to be going into for an engagement holiday is it but hopefully we win and then i'll just be buzzing for the weekend 
And then she'll think every time this guy watches cricket, he's in the best mood. <laughs> exactly. Jim, um, will it matter to you at all? Will you, will you care? I support England. No, the fact you say, I don't care. I do care. I want England to win. I've got a proper job, so I can't watch it. But I, I do care. I will be have my free screen set up at work, one screen devoted to a certain government Fact website, hashtag BBC Sport, watching my live text all day. So I'll be all over it. Proper job. Conroy works for the NHS and Forbes is Women of the Year, Woman, Woman of the Year. Like literally just in correspondence with me yesterday. So mental that you'd suggest you're the only one with a proper job. Um, but Conroy, don't worry, there's not bickering like this at Brackley Cricket Club. There's friendship, there's joy, there's runs, there's wickets. Join them. Um, for a couple of days, boys, I'll bid you farewell. From France, I say La Piscine. Because <laughs> that's piscine. Swimming pool is the only <laughs> French I know, so. You've heard it here first. Um, goodbye. At Direct Hit Pod on Twitter. Jim, thank you again as ever for joining us. Okay. Conroy, congratulations on your engagement and thank you for being here. Cheers, man. And for the record, it's Bian Ella. It's thanks for to go well for, uh, for your future endeavours. Bian Ella, and what is cheers? <sighs> No idea. <laughs> Absolutely no clue. <laughs> um, I'm sure. I'm sure a uh, search engine might be able to tell us. Uh, Vontre Sante. Yanwella. Vontre Sante. Completed it, mate. Um, cheers for joining us. Fresh from your engagement, we probably should have spent more time focusing on how you did it, but maybe we'll do that on the next one because. You sprung this upon us. Nah. <laughs> so, cricket podcast, mate. <laughs> We're having a hummus chat. <laughs> anyway, so let's keep on the cricket. <laughs> <laughs>